brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. We are delighted to be here today on this beautiful fall morning. It's uh, We're out here, actually in Calgary, we're enjoying very nice autumnal weather right now. Uh, fall has actually lingered this year instead of the snow coming and just knocking the leaves off the trees and being like, oh, it's all dead. Cool. Uh, but of course, as always, we're presided over by Bishop Jensen. And I'm glad I got that in before the 32nd mark. Otherwise, Bishop would have uh, disfellowshipped me. But Bishop has some important things to uh, to share. Some, some numbers. Uh, this is kind of our annual review. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half now, almost two years, uh, which is wild. So Bishop, I'll turn the time over to you. Well, thank you. So far, we have contributed zero volunteer hours, received zero dollars in donations, and had zero dollars in expenses. So I'd say it's a success. But in another way, you could also say that our volunteer hours amounted to $1 billion in in-kind donations. It's true. Isn't that it's kind true. of the I same mean, math that the, the leader I think the Salt Lake Church works. uses? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, we have had, I'm going to share some real numbers here. So all time, we have had almost 15,500 unique listeners. Okay. That's how many unique listeners we've had all time. On average, they've listened to like three episodes each. So we're obviously incredibly successful podcasters because each person has listened to three episodes each. Um, huge success, huge success. But let me just do some uh, back of the napkin math here because I think, what was it? The, uh, the, the church Mormons did, what, 20 minutes of community service? So 20 minutes times, let's round it up to 16,000 because, mm -hmm. you know, the church rounds up to 17 million members all the time. Yeah. Uh, even though they probably have barely over 16 million members on the rolls. And, well, we all know less than 4 million actually attending church. So we have done, as a, as a community, we have done 5,333 hours of service. Uh, collectively. So great job, everybody. Pat yourselves on the back. We are changing the world. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for participating. We are so righteous. And obviously, it's because of this podcast that you go out and serve. We all know that to be true. And if we just arbitrarily value everybody's time at, let's say, $100 an hour, like how many dollars of uh, right. yeah, you're have right. we you're donated right. We... in free conversations? Right. Because uh, so obviously outside of this podcast, we charge $100 an hour per conversation with a stranger. It's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Little known fact about Bishop and I, we're uh, part-time lawyers. Um, no, I so just meant for a conversation. Like just purely, oh, we're just such for, great conversationalists. Just, People yeah, approach us true. on the street. Dear sir. How much to speak <laughs> to you? I'd like to speak. <laughs> How much to speak to you? You seem and, like an intelligent uh, man. Well, and the tricky thing is, is it's because we're both such great conversationalists. When we talk outside of the podcast, we actually e-transfer each other a hundred dollars each. Um, right. Just and we counted it back and forth. as two hundred dollars of donations. 
of $200 in donations. So let me times yeah. this number by two. And um, also, I just think like generally the value that we've brought to the world over our lifetimes, not even like including our conversations that we've given to people, um, you know, we're, we're good. I'm going to estimate we've lived like, you know, uh, 60 years put together. So let's say uh, times 60. Well, Bishop, I have great news. We have donated $128 million over the course of this podcast. So I'd say awesome. this awesome. is un like, this is an incredible success. Yeah. Um, well, all you got to do is use some old, old fashioned Salt Lake City math. Yep. Salt Lake City math. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and the great news we, we, uh, because this is a worldwide podcast, this is a global podcast. We are global podcast leaders. Um, we are actually going to send. I, I like what you did there. I like yeah. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to send a letter to the Pope, uh, requesting to meet with him about the decline in, uh, white male podcasters, uh, around the world. Uh, it's very concerning to us as white men. We think there should be more white men podcasters. There's obviously a war on white male podcasters. And, um, and so, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna bring, we're, we're gonna bring this back. Our numbers are declining. Um, and, uh, we just, we just think that it's obviously an attack on, um, uh, on white male podcasters, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, and if our friends in Zimbabwe could start listening to the podcast more, uh, that'd be great. We only have one download of all time there. So From we have Zimbabwe. more downloads in Iceland than in Zimbabwe. So, mm. um, Iceland, the yeah. atheist capital of the world. Is that the case? Yeah. Do you know well, what? Thanks. You thanks for listening, Iceland. Uh, where's Utah fall for? So Utah's like in the bottom third for uh, average pay for teachers, and I think that's where they come up with. Oh no, it's below the average. So a teacher in Utah gets paid like fifty fifty eight grand on average the average teacher pay for the u.s is 62 so they are paid in the bottom i don't know the very lowest is uh mississippi at 47 but i think everybody's paid less in mississippi right but utah's got some of the yeah. lowest paid teachers in the country and then it's like no surprise they end up with things like Salt Lake Utah City math. math. Yeah. Salt Lake City math. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if you do actually want to know our actual, like, most country, like, most listened to countries, it goes US, Canada, Australia, UK, India, Germany, Sweden, New Zealand. So thanks, Jacinda Ardern, for listening to yeah, our right. podcast. Give us yeah, a we shout really out. appreciate it. Give yeah. us a shout out in Parliament, please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be greatly appreciated. I think that would be very appropriate um, and greatly help the white male podcaster space uh, during during this difficult difficult time. Difficult time, um, but yeah. yeah on a on a serious note, um, on a serious note, I'm trying to think of something serious to say. 
we have listeners in every state. That's great. Um, in every U.S. state. Oh, but, wow. But, um, yeah, yeah, obviously mostly in Utah. Um, but, uh, yeah, what's the serious, what's the serious thing? Oh, yeah, we're quitting the podcast. We're done. For real this time. For real this time. We've recorded three episodes like this where we're like, it's over. It's finished. Um, I think this time uh, it's actually time to start for me, time to start taking a, a step back. Um, yeah. So this podcast started as a way to uh, just kind of process. I had all these thoughts swimming in my brain, right? Of all the reasons why the church wasn't true, all the reasons why the church was stupid, all the stupid and silly things that happened to me while I was a member of the church, I think. And so I've spent the last year and a half or so getting it out. And then we've also, so probably a year ago, we were both like, okay, we're done. Mm -hmm. But what we started getting was a lot of emails from people who are telling us how much our podcast had helped them. Right. And um, that gave us the motivation to continue. Um, but what I've been running into now for myself after even meeting these people is that one, the podcast is the most interesting thing about me and just for the, to be uh, reasonable and sociable, it's not something you can really talk about around the water cooler. So that's one thing where it's like the most interesting thing about me is becoming my best kept secret. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to start giving some time for other things outside of this podcast. Um, and then the other side is, is it's like, um, well, you know, I was listening to Papa Roach the other day. So I'm not sure if you remember this song, but their first song, their big hit song was Last Resort. And I would say in terms of like just being and like on the music side, this song's like an absolute banger. And I found a, a live version of it on, on uh, Apple Music. And I just, I can't believe how well they play it together uh, live as well. But listening to it, the, the lyrics are very emotionally charged and quite depressing. So it's like the song's an absolute banger, but it also depresses me. So I don't listen to it very often. And that's what this podcast is becoming. It's like, it's an absolute banger, but it is emotionally taxing to engage in this mm -hmm. stuff week after week. It's kind of digging deep into some of the worst experiences of your life to try and keep digging out the humor or digging up some of the, the worst experiences of other people's lives and, and listening to it and not being a therapist, not being uh, somebody who's trained to really deal with that or compartmentalize or however uh, mental health professionals kind of deal with, uh, you know, talking about people's trauma all the time. I don't know how to deal with that. And it's getting emotionally taxing. And I just, I kind of want to be, I just want to let go a little bit more. Yeah. So that is, that's what's been going through my head. How about you? Yeah, for me, um, I think, I think I've, it's taken less of a toll on, on me, but, um, it is like, uh, you know, like, it's like, I have this secret podcast that I do. Um, and, uh, and, it's interesting and it's fun, but it's like you said, like I have other things going on in my life and other things that I, that I'm interested in devoting more of my time to, mm -hmm. um, rather than sitting down every week and, you know, secretly recording, secretly recording a, a podcast. And again, like 
talking about these difficult, frustrating topics and trying to like have something to say and, um, and sometimes not knowing what to say. And then, uh, and then also feeling then like now I have to keep up with Mormonism mm -hmm. so that I have something to say on this podcast that's supposed to be about getting over Mormonism and moving on with my life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and I just kind of like, I want to stop looking at the ex-Mormon subreddit and I want to stop uh, listening to podcasts by ex-Mormons and listening to podcasts by active Mormons too, so that I hear what they're saying about it. And then I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, why can't you see that this is, you know, and mm -hmm. it just makes me angry all over again. And I have mm -hmm. other projects I'm working on that I think would benefit from me being focused on them rather mm -hmm. than having my attention divided. Not that this podcast really takes up a lot of time directly, but I think it takes up a lot of mental and emotional bandwidth yeah. uh, throughout the week. I'd agree. Like I was at a hockey game on the weekend and just chit-chatting with the friend who took me to the game. And he, you know, what are you doing this weekend and stuff? And I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, do not talk about the podcast. Do not talk about the podcast. Do not talk about the podcast. So I'm like, nothing really. Yeah. Just waiting for the honeydew list, you know? Um, yeah. And so it's like, I've got this secret. I've got to keep. And, and, uh, and right now it's the most interesting thing about me. And it's just like, I need to find things that are more interesting. I need to become yeah. a more interesting person and, uh, yeah. and the time available to do that is limited. Um, so I've been like, as a personal goal, I want to start being able to run five uh, K. Um, so that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been working on. And um, so I've just been listening to a bunch of couch to five K kind of podcasts talking about like getting started running. If you've mostly been a sedentary office worker, and watching YouTube videos about it and, and learning about stretching and uh, strength exercises that are important for runners, especially new runners and all that kind of stuff. And that has been the first thing that's been able to really pull my attention away from just consuming as much ex-Mormon content as possible is that I've, I've like, I went out and I set a new goal and it's something I want to work towards now. And so now that's starting to consume my energy and it's becoming more interesting than ex Mormonism for me. Mm -hmm. And I think we yeah. talked about this probably six months ago, like becoming a more interesting person, setting goals, smoking pot. I think that was the name of, it was like goals, patriarchal blessings and marijuana. I think was the something name of the like episode. That. Yeah. But we talked about goal setting as a way to kind of help you move on. And now I finally found a goal that I find worthy to pursue other than yeah. to keep, helping the downloads climb. Yeah. How yeah. About, what are and, some other things you're working on? Yeah. So I'm working, I mean, I've talked before we talked about my new religion of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sustainable cities and stuff like that. And so I, like, I have, uh, like a new personal project that I'm working on that has a YouTube channel and an Instagram. And I, uh, you know, I walk around, I go for walks with friends and uh, about once a minute, I stop to take a 10 second recording of like, 
you know, infrastructure or cars driving by or a park or some wildlife or, you know, something like that in order to um, kind of look at the way we build better cities. So kind of it's, it's nice because instead of talking about, you know, uh, this awful organization I was raised in and these beliefs and trauma that I was downloaded with and, um, and, and participated in uh, for my whole life, uh, now I'm talking about solutions and ways that, that I can improve the area directly around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been kind of my main focus. And that takes a lot of energy because I got to think about these things. I got to study these things. And then I have record these things. I make it into videos. I post on Instagram. And um, and it, it feels good to have something other than Mormonism to talk about. Like I work at the liquor store. I've been there for six weeks. And Mormonism has come up twice. And uh, once it wasn't even about me. Somebody was talking about, uh, my manager was talking about the uh, Keep Sweet, Pray, Obey documentary because we were like, what did you do on the weekend? And he said he watched that. And I was like, oh, wow, interesting. And he's like, yeah, it's all based on real stuff. And I I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's crazy. You know, like just like, you know, don't even bring up that I actually, I know all about that. And it's even worse than you think, you know, and more widespread than you think. And um and then another time when a coworker found out I'd never had alcohol and he's like, what, are you Mormon? And I'm like, yeah, I was raised Mormon. Uh, and now I'm downloaded with all the cult's beliefs about, you know, alcohol is evil. So it's taken a little bit to get over that. And, uh, and that was it. That was the whole conversation, you know, like it's becoming more and more of like, uh, like just a, Oh, that's like a thing instead of my whole personality is like so this guy i met you know he just got out of mormonism and he won't shut up about it mm-hmm. yeah and uh instead now i'm the guy who won't shut up about you know building humane cities so uh, i'd much rather that because it's more solution based and there's something more i can do about it because guess what the mormon church is not going away mm-hmm. i think that's like a like that's some hard medicine to swallow yeah. and, and maybe like, I guess I was living in denial. I thought for some reason, somehow the Mormon church was like going to face a comeuppance and they were going to get what they deserve. And even like with all the articles about um, sex abuse and stuff like that, like most people don't know about it. And yeah. I don't want to be the guy who's like telling people about it. Like no. everybody knows that guy. Yeah. You know, you come into work on Monday and it's the guy who's watched the worst part of the news who's telling you why you should be depressed this week. It's like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, yeah, yeah, the Mormon church should burn, but like, we've got a job to do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, it's got too much money. It's got too much power. It, yeah. Yeah. Even, even if, even if it got in trouble by governments because it's like, it's a, it's a business like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not doing charity work to the point that I think it should do, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. It matters what the IRS thinks. 
and, uh, you know, and CRA and other, you know, you know, national revenue agencies. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, in, in the States, you know, even if IRS, even if the IRS did do something to the church, oh, I have to pay like a, a, a $1 billion out of my fund to, you know, as a fine. Oh man, I'm so bummed about yeah. that. Like, even if the church got in trouble, Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not going to kill it. They basically yeah. have infinite money, money. and yeah. the way they manage it, like they're always going to have infinite money. Yeah. Um, so there, there's nothing you can do as an individual. And I know that sucks. And I'm the person who like, every time I hear something about the church, I'm like, I got to send this to my family group chat. I got to like, but you know, I had a, I had a dream last night that I was telling one of, like my institute teachers uh, f- from like years ago that, oh yeah, did you know like about the an- anachronisms in the Book of Mormon? And he was like, what? I had no idea. And like, he sincerely had no idea. And he was like, well, obviously the church isn't true. And he left and I felt so good about myself. Mm-hmm. But I know that he does know. When I woke up, I was like, well, I know that he does know about that stuff. Yeah. And I know that he's not going to do anything anything about it he's a decent person trying to make you know help his kids turn out like decent people and stuff but he's in the church and his job relies on the church you know you're not going to convince these people and Mm -hmm. it sucks it sucks some people are going to make their way out and it feels great when you see that but um on it like and it sounds like now it sounds like I'm the depressing person who's like telling you why you should be depressed this week. Well, this week you should be depressed because the like the church isn't going to die. But you don't need to be depressed because the church doesn't need to consume all your thoughts. There are other things in this world. There are hobbies you can have. There are friends you can make and and ways that you can make the world a better place for the people around you that that don't involve the church at all. I think like what I've been learning is that that comes with time. Like I wanted to be over it so bad and so fast. Yeah. That I couldn't like, it's just taking me time to get to a place where I can feel as strong about trying to like to be an office worker who can now jog 5k is now my new passion in life. Yeah. And, uh, but it's taken two, three years to get to a part point where I care about something more than, than I care about the, the harm and the hurt that Mormonism left with me. Right. Yeah. And it was, there was something about sitting at this hockey game, talking with my buddy where it's like, I feel like I'm so on the cusp of being normal and regular and not running everything through a church filter. It's like the only thing that's tying me to that is the fact that I'm doing this podcast every week. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And I think um, something that Heavenly Mother said on a recent episode that was published um, about forgiveness, I think it was Heavenly Mother or it might have been Mary Magdalene, but um, they said your, uh, your healing, like healing takes time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you just like, you have to let it take time, you Mm -hmm. know, um, 
if if you're like if you're needing that healing, uh, I think a part of that process is listening to like every episode of Mormon Expression and mm-hmm. you know all of the Mormon stories episodes, like the crazy ones especially, you know, uh, about like the second anointing and being outraged and like like feeling outraged and being frustrated with your family for them telling you these things and like feeling betrayed by your parents for them teaching you about this, even, even though, even though they probably weren't lying to you, right? Like they were just passing on a teaching that they were given by somebody else and they believed it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and feeling betrayed by them, I think is part of that process. Um, and, and feeling hurt and upset and getting angry and, and angry again, every time you hear something new about it. But then ultimately um, letting yourself move on. And then, yeah. And then when an AP article, like the one that came out this summer crosses your desk about the Mormon church, get angry all over again, you know, like just cause you're healed, just cause you're moved on, just cause you're doing other things with your life. Doesn't mean that, you know, you're never going to feel that anger, that frustration ever again. Um, but in like your normal day-to-day life, um, hopefully eventually you don't, you don't carry that around mm-hmm. with you and you can just, this is what I'm doing. I'm stocking shelves at the liquor store and I'm pretending like I know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. And, and then afterwards I go on a walk and I look at some interesting infrastructure that, mm-hmm. And I don't think about Mormonism at all while I'm doing those things. I had to give a Sunday school lesson years and years ago. I think it was on pornography, naturally. Um, but of one course. one analogy that was used was monkey traps, where they will uh, they'll take a coconut and they'll cut a hole in it and hollow it out. And the hole's big enough for a monkey to put like an open hand in. But if they close a fist, mm-hmm. they can't pull it out. And so they'll put nuts or berries or something like that inside this hollowed out coconut and the monkey will put their hand inside to grab it. But because they've got a fist clenched, they can't get their hand out of the monkey trap and they just won't let go of whatever's in inside the coconut. And so I was supposed to use this about like how pornography is a monkey trap and, um, and you just need to let go of it and then you'll be free. But like anger is a monkey trap is what I found mm-hmm. is that um, it's taken a lot of years for me to, f- it's like every time I get angry about something, let's say when I was a teenager, I'd always feel a hundred percent justified in feeling angry. And then it's over time, the angrier I've gotten about things, the times I've lost my temper, the percent justified I feel every time I get mm-hmm. angry has gone down. And it's maybe been in the last few months where, I've become angry about something and I'm like, you know what? I'm 0% justified in being this angry about this thing. And, uh, and just realizing that I remember last year, this time last year, trying to write episodes about how I definitely wasn't bitter and my anger was totally justified and that that's okay. And looking back on that now over the last year, it's like, no, that anger was a monkey trap. 
I'm feeling a lot better letting it go, but I couldn't just let it go by telling myself to let it go. Mm-hmm. But I think always in my mind, I, part of it, I think that helped was me going through the exercise of trying to write out and justify my, to myself why being angry and bitter was not actually angry or bitter. And I was totally justified in feeling this way and blah, blah, blah. And just the difficulty in trying to write and defend that position opened my eyes to why I needed to start letting go of some anger and, and some bitterness. Um, yeah. I started writing emails like I wrote letters to stake presidents, you know, that I never sent, just sent to myself and then read them back to myself the next day. And I really I'm looking at these letters about events that happened almost 20 years ago. And I'm just thinking this is pretty small and petty for me to still I know it traumatized me. I'm not trying to like invalidate my own feelings but it's like to still be holding on to this anger especially when there are people who were hurt a lot worse than i was is it's just becoming petty Hmm. it's i really thought like if i was on the receiving end of a letter like this from something 20 years in the past i'd probably laugh that there was someone who was such a wiener like still holding on to this and blaming me for all their life's problems. It's like we had a five minute interaction and now I'm blaming the next 20 years on you for that. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of like you had 20 more years to grow up. And I mean, one thing that gives me peace and comfort is that I looked at that. I looked at that situation I thought about the implications of continuing to raise my family in that, in that environment. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And I left. So I made the right choice, yeah. broke the cycle. Now it's just, um, yeah. Broke the cycle. Now there's just nothing to be uh, mad about anymore. Yeah. Or not. There's, there's no reason to be mad about it, anything anymore. Like I made the change, the anger served its purpose. So now you got to let go of the anger because continuing to be angry, like anger is this explosive emotion that forces you to make a change in your environment. Right. That's where it's useful. But then when I'm still, I've made the change, I've moved on, start to feel like Britta in community episodes where she's like perpetually outraged and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're community college students. Like we can't do anything about this. Yeah. Like even if you did have a showdown with the Bishop who treated you unfairly, like, and he did admit that everything he did was wrong. And he went to the newspapers and said, I did these things in an interview and it was wrong. He can't change anything. Yeah. You can write all the letters you want to the first presidency. They can't do anything. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I actually had it. Uh, I texted Mike Resendez on LinkedIn and sent him. There's a law firm in Chicago that's consolidated every child sex abuse case that's been filed against the LDS church. It's like a 300 page PDF. And I sent a link to that PDF document to Mike Resendez. I said, Hey, I appreciate your work. Not sure if you're going to read this. But I just want you to know about this resource. I see what you're doing, you know, reporting on the church, uh, LDS churches, sex abuse cases. And he actually messaged me back and he said, Andrew, thanks for the document. I've already received it, but I appreciate the lead anyway. 
Yeah. And I, like I just realized, um, I have taken the best document, the best resource for child sex abuse cases in the LDS church. And I have given it to one of the best reporters on child sex abuse cases in churches and other organizations. So if he can't do something with that, there's nothing I can do with it that he can't do already. And that was actually something where I was like, there's nothing more for me to do. Mm -hmm. Like I talked in one episode a few, few weeks back about like, no, I'm going to email the church. I'm going to tell them what happened to me. I'm going to wait for the church to say that they don't care. And they've reported it to local leaderships. And then I'm going to post both of those letters and send it to the newspaper. And I'm going to show them that I tried to make change and the church doesn't care. Well, like Sam Young did that too. Like lots of people have done things like that. I tried to convince myself that my crusade was somehow different, but really like people have done that. It's made some changes, but it's not burning the building down. Like people aren't going to stop believing. If my parents did stop believing, it's not going to change our relationship. Like our relationships just built on a lot of things. My parents leave the church. If my siblings leave the church, we're not all of a sudden going to be magically closer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's the, what's the point in hanging on to all of this? Like my anger is not going to change anything anymore. It's made all the changes it can make. So now I need to just let go and, and move on. Yeah. 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 So what, uh, I mean, we're still going to be here. We still have some episodes we want to do. Um, so this isn't like the last episode, the final farewell. Um, but uh, we are we are making some changes. Recently, we had uh, the sisters, Mary Magdalene and Heavenly Mother, host a few episodes. And I think they're going to continue to host some episodes as they have topics and things they want to talk about. Um, and we we have some more episodes that we're going to do as well with with um, with them and with some other people that we have ideas with um, and uh, and on our own. And uh, but I think it's definitely kind of like. Um, don't expect to hear like much more out of Bishop Jensen and Elder Jackson kind of thing. Cause we've got other things we want to do and other things we want to talk about. And, we even um, like, yeah. we even tried doing another podcast, two other podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we did give it a good kick at the can to move on from this thing. And it's those ones just did not attract the same amount of attention that this one did. And so yeah. it's just, those ones became less fulfilling. So I find uh, this has run its course. We did give it a good try. We tried to do some other things and then just we got, it's gotten a bit tiring. So here yeah. we are. Yeah. 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 And we've recorded like three or four of these types of episodes where we're like, Hey, we're wrapping this up and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, kind of getting off the old ship zion or whatever mm-hmm. or they they call it the old ship xx mormon podcast mm-hmm. um that sounds like ss ss mormon the xx mormon that's what this this ship is called either way um, run by uh 
Rumba, wait, racist white guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying SS. Is that did I read that right? Uh, I that's not the SS I was talking about. I was okay. like talking about like SS, like the oh, SS okay. Moy and oh, okay. SS, you know, forgive, whatever other forgive me. names. Forgive, forgive me for my mix yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah, that that's okay. Um, but I see the connection you were making. Um, uh, but yeah, we're kind of, kind of wrapping her up. I, uh, I'm actually going to go study, uh, under Pandit Balaji, a fifth generation astrologer. Oh, palm um, reader? To learn palm reading, face reading, and horoscope. Um, yeah, they're the most successful and powerful spiritualist from India. They're now in Canada. Um, and I, uh, I found this flyer on my car. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I found my new purpose. I, I don't need this podcast anymore. I don't need the church anymore. Um, that's all you need. Yeah. Do you know, I worked with That's a lady who believed in his, worked with a lady who believed in astrology. So my wife, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law all have very, very similar personality types, but they were all mm -hmm. born in different months and have different star signs. And so I'd explain mm -hmm. this. I'd be like, Hey, riddle me this. I got three relatives all have very, very similar personalities, three different star signs. Answer that for me. <laughs> explain <laughs> it. And uh, she just kept, I feel like a dick for doing that, actually. Yeah. I was doing that while I was losing my own testimony. So it was, unfortunately, somebody had to experience yeah. the. That's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and you find out that Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. And, um, and your parents, like you and I are on the older end of our families. So, you know, we can speak to this. Parents being like, don't tell your younger siblings. Yeah. You know, um, because for them, the magic of Christmas is still tied up in Santa Claus. And um, maybe for some people, like the magic of life is still tied up in horoscopes or yeah. Mormonism or Catholicism or Hinduism or whatever it is for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's their thing. You know, my older sister and I found out about Santa Claus at the same time. She's two years older than me, right? Like mm -hmm. she, she held on to that for a little longer than, than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, every, everybody finds out at different times. And, and I think with religion, some people never some people like that's always where they derive the magic of life from. And, uh, and I, I don't know that, um, like obviously if it's harming people like say something, but if, if that's like what's keeping them going, mm -hmm. um, I don't see a good reason to ruin the magic for mm -hmm. them. You know, yeah. Like, basically, don't be a dick. Like, be nice. Mm -hmm. Be nice to people. Okay. Anything else, Elder Jackson? Uh, well, um, no. But uh, if 
if you would like to purge dark magic from your home, uh, they provide 100% removal of black magic and give protection. You can call for an appointment, 403-61... Okay, I'm not actually going to give you their real phone number. Um, no, that's it. I think I've I've preached enough over this pulpit today. Yeah, um, as have I. Yeah. So I will basically... I think I'm working on an interview later today and then I will be not really showing up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So a few more episodes in the backlog and then I'm going to be on break till we uh, get everybody together for the BYU. Cult oh yeah. Episode. Yeah. So, so it was fun. It's well, been it a slice guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, we say these things in the name of Pandith Balaji. Amen. Amen. <laughs>